Hi there, this is Omar Crook, host of Living with a Genius. I want to personally thank you for your financial support. Your donation helps keep this show chugging right along, and I truly couldn't do it without you. As always, thanks for listening. Be kind, do good work, and until next time. Here's Living with a Genius for March 2nd, 2021. It's the birthday of author and poet Theodore Seuss Geisel, known by his pen name Dr. Seuss. Geisel's pseudonym came about at Dartmouth College, where Geisel was editor-in-chief at the college's humor magazine, the Dartmouth Jack-O-Lantern. While at Dartmouth, he was caught drinking gin in his dorm room with nine of his fellow classmates. At the time, the possession and consumption of alcohol was illegal under the prohibition laws, which remained in place between 1920 and 1933. As a result of this infraction, Geisel was forced to resign from all extracurricular activities, including the College Humor magazine. To continue work on the jack-o'-lantern without the administration's knowledge, Geisel began signing his work with the pen name Seuss. Geisel found work as an advertising illustrator and saw early luck with his ad for Flit Bug Spray, which ran sporadically from 1928 to 1941. It was so successful that the catchphrase, Quick, Henry, the flit, became a part of our pop culture vernacular, spawning a song and even used as a punchline for star comedians like Fred Allen and Jack Benny. As Geisel gained notoriety for the flit campaign, his work was in demand and began to appear regularly in Life magazine and Vanity Fair. It was only by chance that Geisel began writing for children. Returning from a trip abroad by boat in 1936, he amused himself by putting together a nonsense poem to the rhythm of the ship's engine, later drawing pictures to illustrate the rhyme, and in 1937 published his first children's book, And to Think That I Saw It on Mulberry Street. Set in Geisel's hometown of Springfield, Massachusetts, Mulberry Street is a story of a boy whose imagination transforms a simple horse-drawn wagon into a marvelous and exotic parade of strange creatures and vehicles. Many critics regard it as Geisel's best work. However, of course it was the cat in the hat that solidified his reputation and revolutionized the world of children's book publishing. Geisel created the book in response to a debate in the United States about literacy in early childhood and the ineffectiveness of traditional primers such as those featuring Dick and Jane, which was sparked in May of 1954, when Life magazine published a report on illiteracy among school children, which concluded that children were not learning to read because their books were boring. William Spaulding, then director of the Education Division at Houghton Mifflin, compiled a list of 348 words that he felt were important for first graders to recognize, and he asked Geisel to cut the list down to 250 words and to write a book using only those words. Spaulding challenged Geisel to bring back a book children can't put down, and nine months later, Using 236 of the 250 words at his disposal, Geisel completed The Cat in the Hat. The book retained the drawing style, verse rhythms, and all the imaginative power of Geisel's earlier works, but because of its simplified vocabulary, could be read by beginning readers. 
The Cat in the Hat, and Geisel's subsequent books, written for young children, achieved significant international success and, to this day, remain extraordinarily popular. To date, Geisel's 44 Dr. Seuss children's books have sold an estimated half billion copies and counting, putting Dr. Seuss at number 10 on the list of best-selling fiction authors of all time. Obscured by drawings of whimsical creatures behaving outlandishly while spouting nonsense words in poetic tetrameter, Geisel was supremely successful in imparting his unrelenting and subversive messages of goodness and decency. Like Fred Rogers, Dr. Seuss holds a place in my consciousness. It lives in that dark, sequestered space I protect, where I keep the very best of my childhood memories. And now, as a father with two young kids, I get to revisit these beautiful stories again as an adult. And I can't help but think that perhaps we'd all do well to read a little more Dr. Seuss. It seems that now, more than ever, is the time to take up the issues that Geisel was promoting. Environmentalism, racial and social equality, the dangers of consumerism, authoritarianism, and isolationism. After all, to quote the Lorax, unless someone like you cares a whole awful lot, nothing is going to get better. It's not. Thanks for listening. Be kind, do good work, and until next time.